History Matters Now, brought to you by one Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, who joins us here now in the studio to take a look back at This Week in History. Good morning. How are you? Well, I just, I am delight, delighted to be here, Aaron, with you as always, and I just think it's so appropriate that uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth II decided to celebrate uh, her 70 years today when our show is airing. It's you know, very well-timed, I thought. I think yeah, not. Absolutely yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> and they were going to do it the day before, and then young Elizabeth <laughs> was like, no, 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 I want to celebrate right. my 70th. Well, this is actually the day uh, in 1953 when she uh, was uh, had the coronation of her as the Queen of England and the greater United Kingdom. Um, but actually, it was uh, about a year before this, in February of uh, 1952, when she began her reign at uh, age 25, mm -hmm. uh, when her father died, and then she was appointed uh, kind of the the queen in uh, standing, the queen regent, and um, then it was today that uh, in 1953 when that began. Now that's in a remarkable <laughs> range. You think. 1953? That that just covers a span of time that's just about the number phenomenal. of presidents we've had. Oh my gosh, yes. What is it? Eisenhower, Kennedy, let's see if I can do this. Eisenhower, Kennedy, <laughs> Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Like, that's the number of presidents. I didn't miss any, did I? I don't no, think. No, I think you got them all. I'm that's a lot impressed. of presidents that, that have quick. served yeah. in the amount of time, and Queen Elizabeth <laughs> still kept chugging along, chugging along. That's right. And she... Uh, of course, grew up in World War II, uh, witnessed that, and so she's been a point of stability. And, of course, Great Britain is an ally of, of the United States, which is a good thing. Uh, but that's something that we need to celebrate. Anyways, just at least to say that's a person who's made history happen just by being there for so long. Yeah. And we wish her uh, continued health and many more years. She is the longest serving, isn't she that now, is right. I think? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Seventy years, there'll be four days of... A celebration. So we have to at least acknowledge that today. There's something else that happens this week <laughs> that's a, that was one of her ancestors we were kind of uh, uh, took a, an exception to uh, 247 years ago, uh, May 31st, uh, 1775, is when something comes up uh, that has a local connection. It's the Mecklenburg Declaration. Now, this is Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is, uh, in response to Lexington and Concord, where really people died on both sides. The first kind of major battle between, uh, you might say, the patriots and real people dressed in red coats um, who uh, were shot and killed, and uh, Lexington and Concord, April 19th. And so usually, from what I can tell, it takes about three weeks for news to come down mm -hmm. uh, the coast or to go up the coast. And when it did, it got down to this part of the country. And um, so the, the, the date on the flag of, the, of North Carolina is, of course, May 20th. And the people in Mecklenburg, because in the early 19th century, by 1800, they were saying, oh, yes, the Declaration of Independence was definitely influenced by us. Uh, because there was a Mecklenburg Declaration of Independence, and that's why that, and it's uh, really, it stayed through uh, much of the 19th century, and the legislature adopted that. I think it's a little bit about how history happens, and you right. and I have talked about this, you know, sometimes. It's not just history happens, but the way that we tell history That's happens, right, the way right? we tell yeah. it. But there is a, a kernel of truth. May 31st, actually, while we haven't found a, an original document dated May 20th, May 31st, there is actually published in newspapers accounts of what's called the Mecklenburg Resolves, 
where they're one of the early uh, places in the Americas to actually say, we don't uh, recognize Great Britain's hold those uh, laws are null and void. This is really kind of unusual. <laughs> and whether it had as much to do with the Declaration of Independence or the Halifax Resolves, which I think has a little bit more, but certainly there was a groundswell, uh, and we can look to this part of the country uh, for uh, raising questions about what's right and what's wrong. And that's what they did uh, so well so long ago. I like the segue from like, we're an ally of Great Britain. We're celebrating <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Meanwhile, 200 years ago, we hate the British. Down with well, the monarchy. You no, know, that was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's, we have to kind of balance this out here <laughs> before we get all too nostalgic. Um, there's also something about right and wrong. Uh, this, uh, and it's a date that comes up on uh, June 3rd. Uh, in 1916, when a, a woman, Mary Edward Walker, uh, who had been a surgeon, she was born in 1832, graduated uh, uh, from medical school in 1855, tried to apply to uh, be to serve in uh, the Civil War, and they would not accept her in a commissioned status, but she had these incredible skills, so they accepted her as a surgeon. She's captured even as a prisoner of war after the war um, because of uh, her courageous actions and what she did. She was uh, awarded this uh, Medal of Honor. Well, that was all well and good, but uh, by, as you recall, by the early 20th century, uh, there are real uh, elements that are certainly pushing for uh, women's suffragette uh, movements to have women have the vote, and there are people who are definitely opposed. Uh, and in 1917, that uh, Medal of Honor is revoked. I don't think she ever returned it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> and she would, but her name was removed from the rolls, is restored in 1977 by Jimmy Carter uh, to make sure that uh, she was reinstated. But Do you think that was a big deal when that happened in 1916? Like, was that a shot across the bow? Did that... Did that... Well, galvanized were, the women's rights movement even more than it already had, or was this kind of something that flew under the radar? I don't know. You know, after the war, um, uh, because she had sustained injuries too, she continued to speak out, and actually she wore just regular clothing. I mean, it was just much, we would say regular clothing, like we would say men's clothing, but she didn't say it that, see it that way. She said, These, this is my clothing, mm -hmm. and because as a surgeon, that it just made no sense to be wearing dresses out on the battlefield. She continued to dress like that, and she continued to be arrested, which was kind of amazing, for wearing men's clothes. Yeah. Now, this is kind of goofiness, uh, but certainly there was uh, people on both sides. I wish I could say everyone embraced this idea of women's uh, having the right to vote was a great thing. It's not true, uh, but they still persisted. It's kind of weird how clothing specifically is gendered, right? Like, we don't drive men's cars, That's right. right? Yeah. Well, along these lines... Even though some cars are marketed to men and yes. others are, like, advertising targeted to women and they have, like, targeted advertising, we still don't drive men's and women's cars, <laughs> no, right? That's like, right. The cars well, exist. You buy what you want. And this idea of clothing is just bizarre. But here, here's just a, an odd fact. Uh, May 30th, 1431, Joan of Arc, the 19-year-old who um, uh, leads the, the French to battle against the English, uh, you know, based on a series of vision. She is uh, uh, convicted and condemned and uh, burned at the stake for heresy. But here's the key. It wasn't because of what she believed. 
It was not. It was because of a, this is bizarre. Of course, she's in battle, leading these troops into battle, uh, feeling very fierce about this. And again, she's not wearing dresses. She's wearing regular clothes. Mm -hmm. Well, this was considered a crime. And so um, she comes to court. She's dressed in a dress. But when she comes back, her dress is taken away. She only has the men's clothes. And they said, ah, so that's the second time you've done that. So therefore, we're going <laughs> to, you are now guilty of this crime. Feels like this whole thing this is a kangaroo craziness. court at yes, this point, exactly. right? Like, we're going to come up with any excuse exactly. at all. So these women were, they were fashion, uh, ahead of the fashion trend uh, to say, hey, you can wear whatever you want, and that's a good thing. And uh, so <laughs> it's just so strange to think. Joan of Arc's lasting legacy. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> you just don't think about this being an issue now, and it's but it's because of people kind of breaking those barriers that uh, made the difference. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, we got time for one more. What do you got? Okay, well, this one isn't quite a breaking the barrier, uh, but it's a name that we should all know, Sylvan N. Goldman. Uh, he was uh, born at the end of the 19th century, and he and his brother got into uh, selling uh, vegetables and fruits and then into uh, some of the first grocery stores. And uh, he noticed that people could only bring in bags and whatever they could carry in bags, that's what they would get. So he conceived the idea in 1937, gee, what would happen if they had something bigger to push around and they wouldn't have to carry it? And so he got a folding chair with some wheels and uh, put some baskets on it and said, here, you can put it in there. And it was, it was initially a flop, and uh, people just said, no, that looked like a baby carriage. He finally got models, both men and women, to show, hey, this could be used. And he's the guy who's credited with inventing the grocery cart. So if you ever been to a grocery store, Sylvan Goodman. But that, and here's you know, like the, the Ginsu knife, that's not all. He's a guy who also invented the luggage cart. So if you ever go to uh, train stations, uh, bus stations, uh, airports, that's the guy who's... A I don't know. I think that's the same invention twice. <laughs> well, well, I, no, I didn't you just invent a cart to put your groceries in. in. Here's a totally separate invention to put your bags in. Like, well, wait a minute. Well, he, he saw the same same problem as people having to carry stuff, and he said, well, they need to have something to roll. <laughs> but you don't bring luggage into a grocery store. So no, it's completely it's a, different. It's no. completely different. I need a that's second right. patent for this. I need double the money. So anyways, this is one of those th days when we celebrate people who did the unusual, who were the trendsetters, uh, and who also uh, we celebrate uh, the people across the other side of the pond today, uh, as well as the folks on this side who stood up for what's right against what's wrong. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Eric.